Hey everybody, and welcome to the Average Outdoorsman podcast with your hosts, Mike Rust and Tim Campbell. Uh, Today we're going to kind of finish up on the two-part intro episode, if you want to call it that. It's Um, almost now a three-part. It's a (laughs) three-part. Yeah, it's a three-parter for sure. It's threefold. You know, when we get talking about hunting and fishing and and the trips we've been on and that kind of stuff, we... uh, Things just go longer than expected. So what we're going to, we kind of covered the fishing trips that we've been on, the big fishing trips that we've been on. Yeah, there's um, a lot of other fishing trips that we did in there. You know, we, we've been up to Minnesota quite a few times, ice fishing, Lake, that, of, the woods. Lake of the Woods, Mille Lacs, you know, that type of stuff. Um, but we really covered some of the the bigger trips the that bigger we did trip, yes. and, and, and ones that we did together. Yeah. So now what we're going to do is we're going to kind of, um, go to some of the hunting trips that we've been on. Tim has been on far more than I've been on. I've really been on one big hunting trip, one Western, uh, hunting trip to Colorado with Tim, uh, in 2019. Um, and we we're going to probably touch on that the most. Yeah. Um, cause this was, this was my first elk hunt. Um, Tim has been on a couple of elk hunts prior to that. And this was my first experience. This uh, was really your first, uh, that Colorado trip was your first hunting trip, like out of state hunting uh, trip. You yeah, know, for we, sure. We had done, um, we do a lot of in-state hunts together. Um, you know, when we were 23, 24 years old, we live, um, you know, central Wisconsin, we would drive down to the Mississippi river. So lacrosse you, area, lacrosse area to do some duck hunting. And you're talking, we'd have to leave at two in the morning two in the morning to get there. Cause it was a two hour drive to get where we were going. I mean, People called us crazy, but we had a lot of fun down there. We we learned a lot while we were there. We had, um, when I say, Tim and I are, I would say, pretty decent duck hunters. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we kind of grew up duck hunting on the water. We kind of, we got into hunting in fields later. It, it's way easier. Um, it, when you don't have a, when you don't have a dog to retrieve and you're your own retriever, there's hunt, just something about field hunting and driving a truck out there to set decoys and everything like that. that far more enjoyable. Far more enjoyable. Yes. Um, so we, uh, we'll kind of touch, maybe we'll touch on that story first. We'll touch on our, uh, our duck hunting stories. Yeah, we can do that. Um, we so we've that. taken, you know, a couple dozen trips down to the Mississippi. Um, from everywhere from, um, Wabasha. Uh, yeah. Like the Wabasha before Nelson you, area. Well, you could hunt down there. Now you can't hunt off the dike road, but, um, now, and then we've done like that goose Island area out of lacrosse. Yep. Um, so we, uh, one of the first trips we did down there, you know, we, it was the first trip. It was the took. first, we left, I think at like, I don't know, two in the morning is when we were living together. We left at, I think uh, two in the morning, you know, full of piss and vinegar. We're going to, oh, we're going to get down there. We're going to get our limits. We got to get there early. We got to get, gotta get a spot. Yeah, we so had no idea what we were doing. We get there and we get to this landing and we're like, man, there's nobody else here. Oh, this is going to be, this epic is going to be day. epic day perfect day of duck hunting um so we get we 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 dump the boat we get everything set up we're you know we kind of we got down to the cross fairly early we piddled around at a couple different boat landings before we settled on one that we had kind of tried to scout this was really before all the e-scouting before you could find a lot of those you basically had google earth you had google earth and it didn't have like the boundaries for the refuges which are really important to know for this story for this story um so we decided you know we didn't know the river and there was no onyx back then there was no onyx back then or if there was it, we didn't know about it right um so we, we we got down there super early we we got to the landing and we're like okay we're let's maybe just take a quick like hour nap so we're not super tired we'll get out there kind of as the as the sun's coming up so we 
we don't hit something. We don't hit a deadhead. We don't, you know, we don't, we don't it's, ruin the it's, boat. It's interesting water to navigate down there because it's a lot of backwater. You're, you're, you're hunting the Mississippi river, but you're hunting the, like I said, the backwater of the Mississippi. So it's not like you're cruising down and going through a, a, a big section of river. You're really navigating Stumps these little and fingers and inlets that are, I mean, it's a maze. It, it, it's an absolute maze. So we get, we, we dump the boat, maybe 15, 20 minutes before sunup. And sunup that time of year is fairly early. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we, 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 we're we still only, have to go in with a light, but you can just kind of see the sun coming up on the horizon. So we're driving around. And, and we're still like, there is nobody here. There's like, nobody this here. This is supposed this, to be the, the spot. The spot. You know, everything we had read on forums and stuff was, yeah, get there early. You're, there's going to be a bunch of boats, airboats, and all these big guides and stuff. So we're like, man, we're, this is like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. So we get, we're out there driving around for a while, trying to pick out our spot. Like any duck hunter that has, has ever experienced new water, you, every spot looks like it's going to be the best spot and simultaneously the worst spot you've ever hunted. You're going to second guess yourself on everything, everything you, you do. do. So we get set up in a spot. Um, it's kind of in a backwater with kind of a mud beach to it. But there's a couple like dips in there where we think we can kind of pull the boat back behind and almost sit on land and put our decoy spread out. So we're, we're doing that. And, you know, we, man, we're seeing like a lot of like, as the sun comes up and we're kind of getting everything set up and we're seeing like recreational people, like canoes, canoes. And I mean, kayakers. this was early September. So it was still, it was chilly, mild. but not yeah, cold. It was mild for we, Wisconsin. It was mild. We start to see like a lot of recreational people. So I'm like, yeah, Tim, th- something's th- not right. Something's not right. I mean, you know, we're, we're supposed to be in the best duck hunting spot with, a lot of boats around us, a lot of people, and there's nobody. And there's just like recreational people. So I'm like, man, I think we should go back to the landing, regroup, and, and kind of get set up for midday and then at least be set up for the evening part. Evening. Be set up for the... Be, yeah, we, like you said, we, we were in college. We were living together. We had a day to burn. We had a couple days to burn. We were going to do it. Uh, it was a Saturday and a Sunday. We were going to fish. Uh, I'm sorry. We were going to hunt both days, go back home to Eau Claire, and then come back down the next day and kind of with things that we had learned. So we, as we're leaving, we're like, there's a lot of these white signs around. So I'm like Tim's like, pull up to one. Let's see what it is. We had uh, driven into the refuge. National Wildlife Refuge. National Wildlife Refuge. And almost made the biggest mistake of our hunting careers it would have been it would have been bad we're we're thankful for those canoers that came by yeah. and we're like this there's just something not right here and it was a it was one of those gut feelings that you have just something isn't right and we did the smart thing instead of throwing decoys and blasting docks we really gut feeling like i said it was just a gut feeling we pulled out we decided to go regroup maybe we were in the wrong spot whatever well yeah turns out we were we were in the wrong spot spot. and it it was uh we picked the wrong landing and you know the the fortunate turn of events is is we did not see any ducks which thank god we did not because who knows what would have happened if we had seen if we had seen pods of ducks landing all around us we could have just got up and moved to the next spot yeah i mean it, it i'm i'm just thankful that a, we, we, we had a gut feeling that told, told us that something wasn't right and that it wasn't the best hunting spot we'd ever set up, set up in. I'm happy we chose the wrong spot in the refuge um, exactly. to, to try to peek around at. But so we get, we get back out to the boat landing. Um, 
There's no signs at that boat landing in particular. There was nothing indicating. That's one of the reasons why we picked that boat landing because it was kind of small, tucked away. We thought, okay, some of the crowd, you know, is going to use some of the bigger boat landings around. So let's take this little one. Um, It's kind of off the beaten path. You know, this is our first trip out. We don't want to bug those duck hunters that are going super, super early because this is our first trip. We're trying to navigate. So let's take this, this boat landing. Yep. There was nothing at the landing that said that this was, that you're entering refuge water, um, there was no really clear signs on uh, when you exited the, the boat landing. It was once you got out there, they were they were posted up. If you've ever been in the refuge, um, fishing on the Mississippi or what have you, but they kind of post them close to the water, uh, close to the shore edge, like in the in like the islands and stuff. But uh, make a long story short, we we set we almost set up in the refuge. We did not. Um, we turned around, went back to the landing, regrouped, went to a different landing. Found the crowds. Found the crowd. We found all the hunter, other hunters. Um, we set up there, and uh, then I think that day we didn't really. That, that we, was an evening. We it, that ended up turning into like a mid-afternoon to evening hunt, just with all the, you know, wrong turns that we had made yeah. before that. We um, got stuck a couple times in some. We we had like we got gotten out, gotten back in, and uh, there was another airboat coming in assuming to hunt the afternoon um with some clients it was a guide um and we kind of told him what happened he's like yeah it could happen you know if you're first time down here so he's like kind of pointed us to an area he's like i'm gonna go back further you won't be able to get where i'm going just kind of go over in that area he said you may see some ducks you may not you're not quite far enough back and you won't be able to get far enough back with your boat yeah we're to if you can picture this in your head we're at a boat landing with there's got to be almost 20 boats. 20 boats parked already. Already parked. Five more ready to get in. They're they're either airboats or they have mud motors on them. Yep. And if you don't know what a mud motor is, it's a motor. It's a, it's like a long tail motor that it, it, it helps you ride on the surface of the water. So it's you, designed you can, to go anywhere. It's Yeah, it's designed to... It's, yeah, designed to go anywhere. You can run in about two inches of water. Um, you can run a flat bottom boat in about two inches of water. So they're really meant to go anywhere. We pull up with we a, have a modified V modified. aluminum boat with a twenty horse long shaft outboard. Yeah, so not we were, really designed to do what we're doing. Oh, we were going to try to make it. We work. were going to. That's all it's, we had. It's all we had, and it was. Uh, we had paddles if we needed them. Yep, that day didn't turn out. We didn't really. We didn't shoot anything that day. But it was a. It was a huge learning experience. We ended up going and buying a or getting a map from. I think that boat think landing. It was either the boat landing or a, a sports shop. A sports shop. Gas station. Yeah, they had they had a map with refuge lines on it. Something we should have done from the beginning. You know, looking back. It's um, one of those things where you, you get into a situation you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So we came back the next day, got there super early again, found all the crowds. We luckily got in about a half an hour before all the other boats showed up. Um, so we were actually the first boat there again. Um, got set up kind of where we saw some people come come from that evening before. Um, the weather had turned. Got nasty. It, it was getting cold. It, it dropped by about 30 degrees from one day to the next. And uh, we had a really good day. I mean, we didn't shoot a whole bunch, but I it was... A day that I'll never forget. A lot of birds. You know, we we shot a fair amount of times. We we were able to we we were able to harvest a few. Um, you know, we weren't getting close to our limit or anything like that. But yeah, it was a it was an amazing day. Yeah, it was just a really cool experience. We we've been back down to the Mississippi River a couple times, but we've gone out of the of the Wabasha Dyke Road between um, Wabasha and Nelson. Nelson. Yep. We've hunted out of there a couple of times, not recently, but, um, like we said before, it's been a lot of field hunting 
yep. recently. Yep. And then there we've actually found if we're going water hunting, we've found some pretty good spots around where we are to yep. sneak into other riverways. There's not a you know, you'll you'll see another boat here and there, but you won't see like what you do down on the Mississippi. So um we we've somewhat steered away from there. It's a it's an awesome place. If you've never done it, I suggest it because you are still hunting very close to the refuge. Um hopefully not in the refuge like we happened to do the one morning but it, you just the the abundance of waterfowl and and just marine life that you see down there is really really cool yeah it's a it's a body of, uh, of water that if you've never been on definitely go try it do your research um you know talk to people get on forums um and now with with onyx and and digital mapping it 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 makes that incredibly easy to do um, you can definitely get on and, and do some e-scouting and find out almost exactly where the boundaries are to all that stuff. All that stuff's available to you now. So um, definitely go ch- check out whatever app or software you use. There's a couple out there now, but um, we've used OnX. Um, that's just what we've always used. Um, it's been good to us. It's been good to us. So I guess we'll kind of get out to our, I think we could stay on the duck hunting um, topic. Yeah. If we're already there. So Tim's done a couple of trips out. Uh, to the I, western states, west west of Wisconsin, um, kind of lead you into the next trip that Tim did yeah, with a couple I, of um, Right around the same time that Mike and I were doing a lot of duck hunting, um, I had a couple buddies who were, they were into it um, a little bit. They would come with us every once in a while, but they weren't into it like Mike and I were. Um, but... Uh, these are guys that also like to go to the the local DU banquets or Whitetails Unlimited banquet or whatever it may be. And they happened to go and they won a trip out to North Dakota to an outfit that you could either duck hunt or you could pheasant hunt. And they chose to go duck hunting. Um, they called me as soon as they won and said, hey, let, you know, would you like to go? I'm, I'm thinking that they invited me because I was, you know, I did the most duck hunting out of the people that they really knew. Out of those three people, you were the only one that had ever used a duck call? That could Correct. Have, you know, that, and the only one that I think had ever shot a duck. Uh, Benedict has, yeah. Uh, Benedict has shot. And, he, and Salter came with us a couple times. Yeah. He's, uh, uh, he was, uh, he's a very good duck retriever <laughs> it's a good guy to have in he's the a good boat. guy to have in the boat yeah good guy to have no luke's a good hunter uh luke salter's a very very good hunter but we went out and i didn't know very much about this trip and what was going on they basically just gave me the date and the time to go so we ended up actually going when you think of north dakota duck hunting i was really fired up and because you know what can happen out there there's there's a good chance that you're gonna see a ton of birds if you hit it right um usually to hit it right you have to go migration uh which is usually early to mid-november um we decided to go the last weekend of september and uh last weekend into the first part of october i should say and one of the definitely not the not the prime. Not the not prime, the prime. time. We, we had a blast. It was definitely not the prime time. Um, we got out there. We we brought um, layout blinds. We brought a trailer. I mean, we were loaded with everything that we needed for water and for field hunting, hoping that we could do some field hunting. Well, 
it was, we got out there and it was thousands and thousands and thousands of acres of standing corn. So there was no way that we were going to be able to utilize our, our layout blinds or anything like that. Um, so we, we, as we were driving out the whole time, I'm just thinking, okay, we're going to have to make this work water hunting. We brought our water decoys. We brought our, we brought our, no uh, boat, waders, no, no boat, um, no nothing, kayak, no, no kayak, no nothing. We had a dog, um, at the time, but I'm just thinking, okay, this is going to be a little bit more difficult. It is what it is. Um, you know, we'll, we'll try to make it work. So we pull in to the outfitter and they basically just gave us the keys to the kingdom. They gave us, this place was run out of a, they had a main lodge that had a kitchen and like a pool table and some some areas where, you know, a couch and a little bar, everything like that. But where we stayed is they basically had a small motel connected to that. So they we get there, we meet this guy who is 27 years old. He basically just gives us the keys and says, yeah, you can kind of hunt over here and over here. And that's about it. He doesn't really give us any direction. So we're kind of stuck. It was one of those trips where you're just like, okay, I guess this is going to be. This we're just, here. We, we, this just turned into a do-it-yourself hunt. And so we get moved into the, the little motels that we were getting into and, you know, made lunch or whatever because we showed up at a pretty good time. And I said, guys, you know, before we even pick up the shotguns, let's just cruise around in the, in the truck and use the binoculars and just scout and just see what we can see. He gave us some areas to, to try, um, go from there. Well, it turns out half the area that he gave us to try was all private land. And out there in North Dakota, if it's posted, you can't hunt it. But if it's unposted, you can hunt it. So luckily, we were able to find a couple fields that had field ponds in them that were just full of docks that were unposted. So um, that's what we that's what we ended up hunting a lot of out there uh, were these fields field ponds. Um, we we made it work. Um, it was a struggle every day. Yeah, we didn't have a single day where we went out and we were done by eight a.m. and you know drinking beer the rest of the day um, to try to get our limits of limits of ducks. We were we were scrapping them together. We really were. We worked really hard. We ended up knocking on more doors of farmers to ask if we could um to ask if we could hunt their field ponds and i then i ever thought we would with a guided quote unquote guided hunt it turned out to not be as guided as they as they uh as they said but we had a lot of fun we had a you know we were fairly safe the entire time we had one little incident um we were hunting this this pond that was actually in the shape of an hourglass so it was big on two ends skinny in the middle and it was one of our it was i mean from one end to the other it was probably it's probably only a hundred yards maybe a little bit bigger it wasn't huge um one of my buddies that was with wasn't necessarily the biggest hunter um, he had done it in the past. He'd used a shotgun. He had shot trap with us and things like that, but he just wasn't, he was new to the, to the waterfalling aspect of it. And so we were sitting in this hourglass and we had a bunch of, a bunch of ducks come in and we all kind of had, we were sitting on either end of the hourglass and we, we had the area 
that we could shoot. We knew where everybody was standing. We knew everything. And we had, I was hunting with Kyle and the two Lukes were hunting on the other end. And we shot a couple birds. Kyle and I shot a couple birds out of the air, landed, one landed and we needed to do a ground swat. I mean, we just, to finish the bird, we needed to do a ground swat. Kyle decided to take it upon himself to do that ground swat. Well, he, uh, he wasn't paying attention quite as much as he should be. And he, he skipped a few, a few shotgun pellets, uh, uh, to the other side of the pond and actually hit hit my buddy in the chest who was wearing waders and these pellets were basically they just bounced off of him he didn't get hurt by any means but it was we we kind of had a little bit of fun with that because he was yelling from the other end of the pond he shot me he shot me he shot me <laughs> you know obviously nothing words happened. you never want to hear yeah. while so, hunting so we freaked out kyle and i freaked out like what happened and he was basically kidding with us it, he he caught a couple small pellets that bounce off the chest. It's, you know, you think about, you think back on it at the time, it wasn't funny. And, you know, there was a lot to be learned there, but it's thankfully it's something that we can look back and, you know, kind of laugh about now. And uh, our buddy that did that, he, he learned his lesson and, you know, it was a, it was a pretty safe trip from there and he still gets a hard time for it, you know, oh, to yeah. this day. But yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a rough trip. It was, you know, it's not, it wasn't one of wasn't those Wasn't it super windy? Super windy. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. It was extremely windy. I mean, North Dakota is is known to just be windy, but we were hunting fifty mile, forty to fifty mile an hour winds, and it was it was rough. Uh, huge we, leads, yeah, huge leads. I, I was shooting birds at. I mean, the first ask the guys that went on that trip. I'm the most experienced duck hunter out of those guys. I was hitting the least amount of birds. It was just bad, and the other guys were were able to get on them. I for the longest time I could not figure out my leads and eventually I did and you we were talking you know depending on the direction that they're coming almost 10 foot leads which is crazy to think about you know well I mean even more than 10 foot leads yeah it was, it was crazy um but we we had a ton of fun it we went into it thinking it was going to be a little bit more than what it was but we made the best out of it they had a little cleaning shack there that we we were able to use a you know basically a professional style kitchen the entire time we were here we just had everything to ourselves. made just it fun made it fun and looking back this this outfit they were great people um but they really focused on pheasant hunters note to self yeah exactly Take the pheasant hunting option yeah with them at least i mean they were they were very invested in in pheasant hunting and, and pheasant season hadn't open quite yet i think it was opening like the weekend after we left or a couple days right after we left so we assumed that once pheasant hunting opened they they get a lot busier and you know obviously they show a lot of attention to their guests but it was it was fun like i wouldn't take it back i thought you know even though we didn't have a guide it was almost more fun that way because we were able to do kind of everything our way and we you could go back and 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 do that again on your own yeah without anything right and to me it was it it's always fun learning something while you're on a trip like that and and really being able to figure stuff out and we did and we you know the first first day we didn't get a limit second third days we i mean we were we were shooting four man limits every day like i said we we had to work for them we we weren't in one spot the entire day we had to kind of move around and, and find them and and get on them type thing but we did it and it was i wouldn't take it back it was awesome
It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And those are kind of the, so those couple trips, and we haven't done a lot of waterfowling trips. We have. That was my, that's my only waterfowl trip out of state. Yeah. We have a, we have buddies that, we have other buddies that do a lot of, they do one or two waterfowl trips every single year. Um, But no, that's, it's, it's tough because that's right. You know, that's right during the time we want to, we want to be sitting in a tree stand or. We do most of our, most of our waterfowl hunting early in the year. Early in the year. Yep. um, September, you know, it opens opens in September. Yeah. Yeah, We, uh, we take that time to hunt ducks then to take pressure off of our deer hunting take property. Pressure. Yeah. So kind of, kind of lead from there into some of the other trips that you have done. Yeah, Tim. I've done, I, you know, I've been very fortunate. Um, I've been a lot of places around the country. Um, I've been to Arizona. I've been to Colorado a few times. I've been obviously the North Dakota trip. I've, I've been to Alaska four times on hunting and fishing trips. So um, that Alaska is probably one of my favorite destinations um I, like i said i've been a, I, i've been there twice for just fishing trips and then i have been there another two times we did um i've done two caribou hunts and uh, uh we fished salmon at the same time we were there and those are some of my those are some of my favorite favorite trips are to alaska i mean we are both of our caribou hunts two very very different hunts same style of hunt um same time of year but they ended up being two very very different hunts um the first year that we went it was my dad and i um a couple of his buddies and we were flowing into the middle of the tundra on bush actually we were on a flow plane um he landed us on just a it's not even a lake. It was a pothole. I mean, it was small. Um, but he, he got us down. We set up camp, and he flew out of there and said, see you in, see you in a week. Um, and so we set up camp, and we were we were on a do-it-yourself caribou hunt, which um, is a lot of fun. If you're, if you're into the caribou like we were on that first trip, it can be a ton of fun. And we, we lucked out, and we were in the caribou. Um, that first trip, uh, I was luckily, I was lucky enough to, to harvest two myself. Um, my dad, everybody, everybody filled their tags. And, uh, one of the, one of the fun memories of that trip was we, I mean, we were covered up in caribou every single day. And I mean, to the point where one morning we, uh, we woke up in camp and we, we woke up to caribou walking through our camp. I opened my door and there was caribou. I mean, no more than than thirty yards from us, and it was it was a heck of an experience. We had one of the guys um, a different morning. We had um, one of the guys was able to shoot a caribou right from his tent. Uh, we had a big bull come by at about one hundred and fifty yards uh, one morning. That and he had been hunting pretty hard. Um, the the days prior and we had one walk through uh not through camp at this point but he was like i said 150 200 yards away and he was able to able able to harvest that bull and it it really made for a nice pack out Uh, (laughs) it really did but um you know we we ran into bears we we did everything up there so that i was i think i was 16 on that trip and that was an eye-opening experience that first trip to alaska it was eye-opening you know I was I was pretty young and dumb and very naive about things and you get there and you get left in the middle of the tundra and there is literally nothing around you except for caribou and grizzly bears it's it's eye-opening and luckily we didn't have any incident um 
incidents with any bears or anything on that trip. And it, it all in all, it was a great trip. We went back um, after we all after we all tagged out. We did have a satellite phone, um, so we were able to get a, a flight back early back to our base camp. So the flow plane came and picked us up and, and brought us back. And when we got back, we we spent a couple days salmon fishing and and, um, and did that whole thing. So that was that was my first hunting experience in Alaska. And it was awesome. Um, I ended up going back two years later. Um, and, and this trip was another caribou trip. Uh, and this time it was with my dad and I and some buddies and our dads. We were, we were graduating um, high school that time. And it was kind of our, it was our graduation trip. End of the year, congratulations, you graduated. We're going to take you to Alaska. So that was, that trip was an experience all by itself too. Um, like I said, it, uh, just a completely different experience. It was, the hunting was a lot harder. We didn't see near as many animals. The, the weather was not as nice. I mean, the first trip I went, the, the weather was in the 70s almost every day, which was great for, you know, being able to walk around and, and being comfortable. It was, it was hard to keep the meat fresh. Um, we did have a little bit of loss, but it, it turned out not to be too bad. Second trip, um, we had some nice days, but we also had some really pretty nasty days. Um, but that trip, like I said, hunting hunting was a lot harder. Uh, finding the animals was a lot harder. Did a lot more hiking and a lot more glassing. Um, we were still pretty successful. Not everybody filled their tag. I did not fill my tag that trip. Um, I was hunting with one of my buddies and had the opportunity to, to harvest a nice one. Uh, but I let him, I let him take it because he had never, he had never killed one before. So I didn't want to be greedy. Um, but yeah, we got into that one had, we had a lot more run-ins with bears on that trip. Um, we had grizzly bear, we had a grizzly no more than 50 yards from our camp one morning when we woke up, just kind of checking us out. Um, and then he came back the next day and he was he was farther away at that point he was probably 100 150 yards away but we we ended up scaring him off he he never came back um we i was hunting when i went out with one of my one of my friends we we had to hike up a mountain we could glass the top of a mountain from our camp and we we saw some really nice caribou go by on that mountain so my friend and i 18 years old, we said, Hey, we can do that. Let's go. So we, we went up there, we climbed, we, you know, made it to the top of that mountain. How many, how far away was that? It was a long ways. I mean, we could still see it from, we could still see it. We could see the, the mountain and the caribou through a spotting scope. Um, but it was pretty flat and, and, you know, it was flat. So you could, you could see a long several ways. miles. It was several miles. It was a clear day. It was, it was a long ways away. I think at the, by the time we ended up getting back, going there and back, I think we had 14 miles in. So it was probably close to seven, eight miles each way. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it was a long ways. And I remember if you've ever been in Alaska and you look out across the tundra and you see a mountain, it's like, Oh, that's not that far away. But then you try to walk across the tundra and it's not, as sure footing as you think and then it's like holy cow this takes forever this is way longer than one mile this is like seven miles so that definitely happened to us that day um it's like seeing uh uh denali 
from Anchorage and being like, oh, oh we can see it. It's not yeah, that far. Yeah, and then you drive, drive no seven problem. hours exactly. and you finally get there. You're yeah. like, maybe that was a little further away <laughs> little than, further we, than uh, I thought. Than we thought. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, we ended up, we ended up doing it. We, we got to the top of the mountain, um, walking through the nastiest, like alder thicket that I've ever been through in my life. It was terrible. And we got to the other side. There was still snow on top of the mountain, which was really, really cool. And we get to the top and there was a herd up there and he picked out the biggest one and, and, and we were able to take it. And, you know, that's when the work started. We had to, we had to get it all um, broken down onto our packs and, and carried out. Well, the, the walk back was, as you can probably imagine, worse because we had so much weight on our back and everything like that. We had to walk through the same alder thicket. This time we took a different path and um, got stung by bees. Uh, we walked into a walked into a bee's nest that was really really nasty. Um, for some reason, when we were at the top of the mountain, we decided to turn our radios off before we went down. Um, I think we were nervous that they were going to die before we got to the bottom of the mountain. Um, we had radios, uh, a guy with a radio back at camp, so if we needed to radio him, we could. Uh, so we turned our radios off at the top of the mountain. And as we were walking through this alder thicket, um, little did we know they could see from camp that there was a, a grizzly bear. Um, I don't want to say closing in on us. It, I don't think he was coming after us by any interested. means. He was interested and he was close. And like I said, stupid, uh, stupid us for turning our radios off, but we did. So we didn't, we didn't realize that until we got to the bottom of the mountain and my dad was there at the bottom of the mountain he had he had walked to the base and knew kind of where we were coming out and once we hit the bottom it was open tundra and we could see and he was at the bottom and um he (laughs) the reason he walked over is because he was nervous about that bear and he's like do you understand uh what why haven't you guys had your radio on? I, what's going on? And we're like, well, we shut it off. We didn't want it to die. He's like, well, should have had it on because there was a bear very, very close to you and, and very, very interested in you. And so luckily we escaped there with, with no incident, uh, had a long walk back to camp. But it's just another one of those learning experiences when you're 18 years old. You don't know what you don't know. And we, we thought it was a good idea at the time to shut that radio off for a little while, maybe conserve some battery life. And turns out, you know, it, it, it could have ended poorly could have ended really bad yeah Yeah. so you live you learn luckily uh luckily we walked away uh from that one pretty unscathed yeah so that was that was alaska trip number two yeah and that's the last one you've been on that's my last kind of hunting hunting trip trip that i've been on yeah um you know hoping to get back there here in the next couple years to do um a couple different things but we'll see how that goes and but yeah that was my last one um and that was weird to think about but that was 2005 it would have been 2000 yeah it would have been the oh, five or oh six but i would yeah. guess oh five yeah it would have been the would have been the summer of oh five so yeah it was uh it was crazy it's a long time ago yeah a long time ago then we'll kind of lead into the next trip that the only trip that i've only hunting trip that i've done out of state um and that was my first elk trip tim's that was my third trip third trip yep um so we went to the we went to Southern Colorado, San Juan Mountains, San Juan DIY, um, over the counter tag archery hunt, late September. Um, it was the last ten days of the season. 
Um, supposed to be the last 10 days of the season. Ended up being we'll the last get into that. seven days of the season. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we planned for a really, really long time. Um, Tim had been to this spot the two previous times that he had gone. Um, so he, he knew kind of where he wanted to go, um, where he had been, where he had seen bulls before. Um, and not, yeah, lucky, lucky, lucky for Mike. I had it pre-scouted for yep, him. That was perfect. <laughs> it was, uh, it was ideal. Um, so yeah, we, uh, Tim had, a, Tim's had a buddy that's gone there, a group of guys. Yeah. I've gone out there with a, a group of guys for, this was, uh, this was my third trip out there. So and they I've had been, been there. out there, se- I mean, several yeah. times. Yep. So we had a little inside information. We had some inside sure. information. Um, we planned for a, a very, very long time. We we did a lot of e-scouting, a lot of a lot. Spent a lot of time on the various uh, apps and websites out there. That yeah, this was um, this was 2019, so this wasn't too long ago. So no. Onyx was out there. Um, Go hunt. We we utilized Go hunt quite a bit. Um, even though I I knew kind of the area that I wanted to be. Um, it was always beneficial taking a look at that map and just picking other places. Hey, you know, there might be an elk here. This looks like a good area that will, will hold them. So we had We weren't more dead set on that space in no. Southern Colorado, but because we, we looked out, we looked north, we looked west, and then we kind of, I think we fell back on, if it's our first time, let's go. We, those guys were going to be out there the same time we were. Um, it'll be kind of nice to have some other people around just in case it's, you know, my first time. Um so we, we decided to go where, where where those other guys were, this other group of guys, and, and kind of have our camp set up together. Um, we, you know, definitely got in shape. Um, you think you are in decent shape, you know, around, for around here. You can hike 70 pounds on your back, walk around. Yeah, it's no problem. I can do it. It's the mountains. It's not that bad. Um, man, I tell you what. Whole different experience. Whole different experience. I have a... A whole new appreciation for correct footwear. Yes, that uh, turned my trip sour. First afternoon, yeah, um, we did uh, we did seven miles the first. We did day. seven miles the first day. Um, so we hauled two two quads out there uh, in our trailer, and then we were going to use that same enclosed trailer as kind of our base camp. Um, brought a generator, brought a brought a boot heater. The temperatures vary between. Uh, mid 20s to 30s overnight overnight and then, and then mid 70s during the day during the day so yeah. um with rain is very prevalent snow is even uh, possible possible so yep. we, we decided to bring the the creature comforts for for the first trip and uh and not not go too crazy we we were gonna hopefully stay on the mountain a couple nights uh, if we needed to we planned for it we planned um, we, we hoped to do it yeah so every day i brought food in my pack to Food make it and, for two days in case if we and got all that stuff. To, not not if we got stranded or anything up there, but if we got on elk and we were away from camp, we could stay to be on elk right away in the morning. Yeah, we didn't have to leave. We didn't have to leave if we didn't want to. So that was that was the plan going. That was the plan. Um, so we we had kind of um, we got we got okay. Should say we left this on like a we left on like a Wednesday. Drove we left at ten a.m. Drove through the night. It was about twenty-one hour drive. We drove straight. Um, we stopped a couple of places to eat or whatever, and pick up some last-minute supplies. Drove straight there. Got there about. I think we got there at eight a.m. The seven thirty or eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're like, okay, Matt. We're gonna take a couple hours nap. We've been driving all night. Um, we get our cot set up in the back of that thing. Um, get kind of unloaded. Get unloaded. Get table set, set up. up. Everything like yeah. that. And it's like we're exhausted. We're Let's- exhausted. We lay down. 
Um, you know, I'm laying in bed, Tim's laying in bed. And after about 45 minutes, I look over at Tim. I was like, I, I'm not gonna be able to sleep. Are you going to be able to sleep? He goes, uh, no, I want to be on that mountain. So we were kind of like, okay, well, this is it. We're, I mean, we're here to hunt. There's no point in, uh, in sleeping Staying here. So we, uh, we pack up our stuff and put all of our gear on. Yep. We decided to go in a spot that Tim hadn't hunted as much. Uh, there's, you can I knew kinda, very little about, compared yeah, you to can kind of go areas. up the mountain or around, you know, kind of take a 30 minute ATV ride around through a pass and then hunt another valley. So we decided to take the short ATV route and then just hike up the mountain. Um, and it was, uh, it was, for the first day, it was, it was probably the hardest hiking we did the whole trip. I would say, I think that was the hardest hiking we did. Um, we did seven miles that first evening. Um, and you know, I had, I had bought new boots that year and I'd probably put 15 miles on them, 20 miles on them, breaking them in. So they were well broken in, but they were broken in in Wisconsin. Like they were not broken in for the mountains. And I got really bad blisters that first day. I mean, like two inch by two inch heels ripped apart. Um, and when they say that blisters can ruin a trip, can ruin a trip they fast. can ruin a trip fast. You forgot to touch on the most exciting part of that day. First day we called in another group of hunters. Oh yeah, we did. We did. Uh, so we had another, um, we had another group of hunters from Texas across kind of the, uh, forest road from us. Um, we where talked, we were camping, where we were camping, they, where they our had base set up camp, camp their, their base camp fairly close to us as well. They got in there about the same time we did. So we, uh, kind of talking with them, shooting the shit and, um, we got to be friends with them and, um, they said, you know, they didn't have ATVs. They just drove their truck. They didn't, they did not have ATVs. So they were going to go up the mountain one way and we were going to go up the mountain another way. They were going to camp there for the next five, four or five nights. We were going to come back. We knew that. We knew they were going to go. We knew where we were going to go. Um, little did they know and we know, we both diverted paths. And we kind of circled into we each circled other. We circled into each other. And we were, you know, kind of doing that hiking call, hike call, hike call, trying to just get one to fire up. Um, well, we did. All of a sudden, we hear a bugle. We hear a bugle. And when I say Tim and I ran down a mountain and over deadfall, I think we covered probably a half mile in it was a short amount of time. Two minutes. Yeah, it it's an exaggeration, but we were... We were moving. We were moving, jumping, going up and down. It's the first bugle. It's the first day. Yes. Let's do this. We were excited. So we, uh, we're we calling. It's calling back. We're calling. Call. I mean, it's like, it's classic scenario, right? You're like, man, we're going to get this done day one. We're going to, you know, it's getting last light. Perfect time to to, to get that bull, um, get that bull fired up and... And shot. So we're, uh, we get to kind of an open little meadow where we're, you know, I'm calling Tim's set up to shoot and, uh, we get to, kind of, we're looking around this meadow. We're calling, we can kind of see where the, we can hear where the calls are coming from. And, um, I see something moving. I'm like, oh, I, th I think I see it right there. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, that's, that's first light. That's, <laughs> I see some camo. I see camouflage. So we, uh, I'm waving my arms. The, one of the other guys sees me, but the caller doesn't. So he's still ripping calls. And, and then we get out there and we're talking to the, the Texans and the guy's still calling. And then he comes out and he's like, Oh man, it's the Midwest boys. So we're, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we, we tricked each other into thinking we were bulls. Yeah. Yeah. Our, was, our calling is good enough at least to trick a hunter. Yeah. And, uh, and their calling was definitely good enough to trick us. So, yeah, so it was kind of a fun first day experience. Like you, 
we thought we were on it like the highs and lows we thought we were on them we turns out you know the low was oh man it's it's somebody else what the heck turns out it's these texas guys that we had already talked to kind of made friends with so we were able to laugh laugh about it from then on out and then you know at this point we were majority of the way up the mountain and we had to walk out yeah it was it was it was just getting dark just getting dark as the uh as we were parting ways with the parting ways they were going to camp in this open kind of uh it was the end to an old uh logging trail like old old logging road that had been it reason it was cut off it was cut up by a uh, cut off by a washout so you know the two track was gone it, you could just kind of see where it used to be um so they were going to set up there we went but we walked we were all going the way back, back to our base camp because yeah. we we used day one kind of exploratory we said hey let's go this way if we get into something we know we should come back here if not let's try another section of the yeah. you know this other section of the mountain that i'm a little bit more familiar with and so we ended up walking down back to camp and and that was day one and and that's when mike realized that he had his blisters i i knew part of the way up that something wasn't right um get back to camp get my boots off and my you know my socks are filled with blood i have blue blood in my boots um i knew that this was going to be a, a really rough trip i've had blisters before on doing other things um i knew that this was not going to be an enjoyable trip um, and I tell you what, it was not, <laughs> um, I put some, uh, that night I decided, well, I'm just going to, you know, put Luco tape on and I'm going to tape them and I'm going to leave it on as long as I can. Um, I let them air out that night. I should say, I let them air out to try to see if I could get, uh, a little bit of healing, a little bit of healing, it, it a little bit of a scab. No, nothing. It didn't do anything. Um, got some Luco tape on the next morning as we were getting ready and, Every single step was painful. Painful. It it made for a really really rough trip the rest of the time. Uh, we were supposed to be out there for another nine days. Uh, man, I tell you what, that the the pain from just having those blisters and and the part place where we were in Colorado, there was no, there was more than ten feet of flat ground. Um, so you're either hiking up or hiking down the entire time, and every step uphill was like somebody stabbed a knife into the back of my heel uh it got better after the couple of days where the pain just kind of you just get used to it it was what, just there it, it just what it, it was, was that numbing pain in the back of your mind yeah but it, it takes you out of it a little bit um mentally tests you a little bit for sure um yeah i mean i i, I learned something from that you know luco tape immediately and just leave it on the entire time and don't uh, buy the right boots uh buy boots that I think I bought boots for out there. I think I bought boots that were maybe a little too wide. So I had a little foot play. Um, so those boots will not be coming back with me when we go out, hopefully this year again. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a tough trip. The next couple of days, we, the next couple of days, we, we hiked around. Uh, we usually hiked in the morning for a while. We would get up, get up at five 30, drive around or drive to our, the spot where we wanted to be, um, park, and kind of walk to an area where Tim had seen a, a giant bull a couple years before. Yeah, so um, not the first year that I went out there, but the second year that I went out there um, with the guys. I was hunting by myself. I didn't have Mike with me. Um, I was pretty much doing it solo, except for the fact that we we would all kind of meet back at, at base camp at the end of the day. And I hunted a big 6 by 6 for, by the time I found him to when I left, I think I hunted him for four days straight. 
and I made a couple mistakes. Um, you know, looking back, I think I could have during that time of year when they're he was rutting, he was bugling. I nicknamed him Chuckles because after every bugle there was a chuckle. And I think, you know, with what I've learned now and read and just the research that I've done, I probably could have pushed him harder and gotten closer to him and just been all in all more aggressive with him. Um, but that's where we, you know, we, we based, not, I don't want to say we based our trip off of that spot, but that's one of the areas that we really, really wanted to try. That was kind of our, our go-to spot. We were going to go there. Our plan was to like the first couple full days we had there, we were going to go there, call like crazy, hike around. It was, you know, you had to, it was, you had to probably hike a mile. Um, and the first half of that was straight uphill, 15, 1800 feet. So it was, you're on your, your, your bow's strapped to your back and you're clawing your way up this hill. Yeah. You're basically using, you're, you're using your hands. As stability. As stability to get up a mountain. That's basically, it's not straight vertical because you can obviously get up it, but it was, it's a nasty hill. It was a nasty hill. It's the way we started every single morning after that. But there were elk there. There were and elk there. And that's one of the reasons why there were, because not, you know, we were, you know, we were hunting areas that were accessible by other people. And this is just an area that people did not want to go. It was nasty. It was nasty. And so we made the decision to, to do it. And we ended up actually getting on some elk. We were the only ones in our group of like six guys, um, five or six guys that saw a bull. Saw a bull. Yeah. Yep. And, and we had saw an encounter with, we had, and had an encounter and we drew back. Uh, I drew back once on a bull. Um, but we had this, I, we, I don't know if it was the same bull or a different bull, but two consecutive days in the exact same little draw. Um, we I had him. Were, I think they were different bulls. We had hit, we had these, these bulls absolutely fired up and, uh, uh, I think the third or fourth day, I think it was the third or fourth day, um, the best encounter we had was, you know, we got to this spot, this little meadow. We had nicknamed it the Kill Meadow because um, it was where Tim drew back on a bull that previous trip and should have shot it maybe. Yeah, so back to that Chuckles bull, um, I was really, really focused on him. And I ended up calling in three of his satellite bulls and one of them was a I mean it was a it wasn't a big one by any means but it was a really nice I think it was a it was a smaller like five by five and it would have been my first elk drew back on him didn't pull the trigger should have but I was just so focused on this big six by six I was around it was it was just a classic rookie mistake so it, that that metal should almost be called the shoulda woulda coulda kill metal yeah <laughs> so but, we yeah we kind of named it that we were we set up there um, that was kind of the spot we would hike to and then kind of go from there. Yeah, so we, we definitely hiked in there. That was kind of our starting point. So we would get there, whether we were on top, the, the meadow, it's not, it wasn't a flat meadow. Um, uh, on top there was a flat meadow, and then there was kind of a side hill meadow um, that was, that was uh, uh, also there. And we would get to that point, and that's where we would really start our bugling and trying to locate the herd or the bulls or whatever it may be. Our goal was to, and so not far from there, within a mile there was uh, the uh, border to private. Um, and it's a big guide outfit. So we know that they, they harvest a lot of big bulls off that, um, off of that, that side of private. Um, so we were, we were trying to maybe call some of those bulls that were 
near the border or whatever. We try to get to that meadow before sunrise um, and then really start our calling um, and to try to see where they were and hike to them and see if they were on private or if we could get them to come off or wherever they were. Um, and one of those mornings we got set up and we were, um, we were calling, we were calling like crazy and, and we get one response and both of us kind of looked at each other like, I think that was a bull. And I think it was close. I think it was close. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, I think he was decently close, but he was faced away from us. Um, so, you know, mi- right after that, we started calling a sequence. He's calling there. He's calling back to us every single time. I think we did. He called probably back to us 30, 40 times, I and mean, he wanted to come to us. Um, but he was with cows. He was with cows, and he was, I think, if, if we had been on the other side of that draw, if we had come up, there was a, a spot where we could go up. There was uh, got to the bottom of the creek. And then we were going up another, we were going to chase up another creek, uh, creek channel. And we could have gone to our left or to the right. We didn't know where he was at that point. We chose the left. He was on the right. And he, we got to the point where he was basically, as this, as we went up the hill, this little creek drainage turned into a, like a canyon. A canyon. And at one point we, we ended up getting up there. We're on the left side. Unfortunately, he's on the right, but we are both. At the edge of the canyon. Yeah, and he's calling <laughs> over to us. at each other. And he's calling over to us, and, and we could see he was a big six-by-six. Six. Um, we could see him. We could we, we saw a couple of cows. We don't know how, how big his harem was, but he had cows he with had him. He had cows. Um, so we, uh, you know. We, we, we threw the kitchen sink at him. We tried to do everything we could. He was interested. The problem was, was what had turned into this small canyon. He wasn't coming down he it. He wasn't coming down it, and we weren't. We weren't able to, we would have to go all the way down and back up around the other side. And we just didn't have the time for that because we figured out he was moving, the, the direction he was moving was towards the private land. Towards, it was about another quarter mile or th- uh, a third of a mile up this mountain. Yep. And right at the top of the mountain was, was the private line. So we, we basically got off the calling and we tried to get in front of him and cut him off because the, the drainage kind of stopped and opened back up so we could get over to his side. So we tried to get up there, and we ripped one call at the top, and we heard him a long ways away. Yeah, so, at that point, I think what happened is we ended up bumping him a little bit. He saw us as we were – that's my guess. I can't confirm that. I'm guessing he probably saw us as we were paralleling him towards We were 150 his, yards. I ranged it. He was 100 – when I, I ranged him, he was 150 yards away. Across the canyon. Across the canyon. Yeah. Yep. So we, uh, we knew that that spot was, was going to be a good spot for us. Um, so we continued to go to there. I think we, we hunted that the rest of the day. We had gone back, regrouped with the, with the group, had lunch, um, came back out that evening to the same spot, um, repositioned to the side that he was on, that we had last saw him. And we, uh, and we started in the creek bottom. So we started, we started in the low creek bottom. Yep. again. Um, that way, if you know, we, this time we knew th- about this Canyon, we could figure out thermals what, should be dropping at that point and we can figure out what side he's on of that canyon and if we need to we can go up the right side this time or the left side again um so that's why we kind of we, we stuck in that that creek bottom for almost an hour an hour we, we like we walked the creek and then we ended up turning around and walking it back mm-hmm. and that's when we sparked we Eagle, sparked the the second bull the second bull um and, and this was a different day. This I mean, was this a different. This, yeah, this was, was the next morning. This was the next morning. The exact, pretty much the exact same spot. So if it was the same bull or not, either way, it was fun. Yeah. Um, so this, this, I was, I was shooter the day before. 
um, during that encounter. So Tim was calling. Um, I was I was going to be shooter. Um, this encounter, Tim was shooter. I was caller. Um, so I, I'm calling, doing you know, kind of walking call, walking call, and we get to this side hill next, just below the meadow, the big meadow we had talked about previously, and uh, we get a really good call back. And we knew where he was. We knew where he was. We knew exactly where he was. He was in dark timber, um, and he was coming down. Um, so I tell Tim to, you know, basically get down to the bottom, get down to that creek bottom. I'm going to stay up high in the meadow, uh, or halfway up, three quarters of the way up, um, which is a good 90, 100 yards from where Tim was. Um, I could see everything that was going on below me. Um, I could, you know, I was kind of behind, Tim was behind a little pine patch. Um, we heard where this bull was coming from. Uh, so Tim's face that way. I'm kind of in line trying to, you know, you know, per- make a perfect line between where I, we think the bull is or is going to come out from Tim and me. So this bull wants to be on a line right to me. Um, so I'm behind Tim. I'm calling and he lets out a big bugle with a huge chuckle. And I, uh, I cut him off on the next call. I cut him off mid mid call. I cut him off and rip a huge bugle bugle and uh, he goes silent. So I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, I, I may have messed up here. I, I, either he's either he knows that we're not elk or, or we were just too aggressive, too aggressive. So, um, I'm kind of like peeking around these trees and trying to like, you know, get my bearings right. And all of a sudden I see a massive bull pop out. You know, I'm looking down this hill. We thought he was going to come out to our left. Yeah. Which is the way I'm facing. Which is the way Tim's facing. Um, with a, he's got pine patch kind of in front of him and behind him. And I see this bull had tried to get around us, get downwind of us. And, uh, he's big and he is like right there, 40 yards from Tim. Well within the wheelhouse. Well within, well within range. Um, and he's actually closer to me than I had planned. Um, so he's 75, 80 yards from me. Um, and so I'm doing everything I can quietly to get Tim's attention that there is a, a massive bull. Because at this point, I don't see him. He had, he had, like Mike said, he's quiet. He, when his last bugle was coming from a direction that I was facing... He went quiet for like two, three minutes. Yeah, we had and, no idea. And by the time I figured out where he was, it's too late. Too late. Yep. And he was gone. He was gone. I, I couldn't call it. I couldn't move because I, I would have. He would have seen where he, I was. He was basically at the edge of this open meadow, and Mike was eighty yards away from him, also in the open meadow, basically hiding behind a tree. I'm hiding behind a tree, and I couldn't call. You know, he made a, he kind of looked back from where he was coming from. I think he had cows with him. So I drew my bow back and I'm like, it's a, I practice out to 100. I'm, I'm good at 60 and 70. I'm not perfect, but I can put it in a, uh, you know, pie plate. I can put it in a pie plate every time. So I pull back and I'm going to let it fly. And luckily he runs away. I, I don't shoot. He turned and wheeled. I don't know if he caught our wind. And that's when I figured out. He was close. He was close because I heard, at that point, I finally heard him turn and wheel. And so I don't know if he caught our wind or if he hit the edge of that meadow and realized, hey, there's, there's no, no, there's there's no, no bull. There's, yeah. there's no elk here. And just, he was gone. Um, and what's funny is he took off. He, he ran probably 100 yards, stopped, and let out another really big bugle. And just kept on. 
and just bugling, 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 bugling. and running, and yeah. bugling and running, and bugling and running. He wasn't even running; he was just walking away yep. and bugling. So we would, you know, that first when he got away and, and hit that first bugle, and we called back, and he bugled again. It's like, are we going to get another opportunity at this? Like, what just happened? Is he coming back? Well, no, he was just walking away and bugling, and we could just never catch up to him. No, nope. and that was the. Uh was one of the last experiences we had, well, encounters with elk. The next with day, a bull. With a with bull. bull. The next day, um, one of the guys in camp shot a cow over a water hole. It was really hot most, a couple of days, um, which, you know, it was, it was incredibly hot, 80s during the day. Um, so we, they, they ended up sitting over a water hole and uh, shot a real nice cow. Yeah. Um, so we decided to go kind of where they were. Um, Spent, you know, a good portion of that day getting that cow out of there. Yep. Um, Decided the next day we would go kind of in the same area as that waterhole. There was a couple different areas. There were some really good trails that led into this waterhole. So we kind of put people on each trail because we're closing in on last day of the trip. And so we we set somebody up at the waterhole. We put somebody on one of the trails coming in and then we put Mike and I together on further up the mountain, further up the mountain, basically on another trail in a, in dark timber. Yep. In dark timber. And, um, it was the most promising bull sign we had seen. It really was. There were, it was torn up pretty good. It was, it smelled, it smelled elky. Yeah. It just smelled like bull elk. Yep. And, um, so we sat and this was, this was different because this was us being quiet. We weren't bugling as much. We did once or twice. Uh, Every 20 minutes, maybe yeah, 30 minutes. You know, and we did it fairly quiet. Um, whereas before we were basically putting on miles and just bugling, 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 trying to get something to spark off. This was the same spot that a couple of years before, um, one of the guys in group had shot a, a monster. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a really good six by six for public land. It, it was a 315 inch public land bull, which is a great bull. Yeah, and this zone is a is a it's this is not a trophy zone by any stretch of the imagination. They have them there, but they're not prevalent, and they're not usually over the counter. Yeah, you, not usually over the counter. Yeah. So this was uh we knew that there in the past had this had been a it very had really good potential. Yep. Yeah, so we uh we decided this was one of the last we were supposed to be there for a couple more nights. We'll touch on that. Um, this was one of the last nights that the other guys were going to be there. Uh, yeah, the they other- got out there. Two or three days before, before us, us, and, and we're going to leave a couple days and leave a couple us. days before us. So we, uh, this was I think Tuesday. Uh, we got out there Thursday. This was Tuesday. Um, this was one of the last evenings. Um, we were sitting, and uh, we have a couple of cows that come through, and this was pretty late. I mean, it was getting clo- getting close. I mean, to we it. were. It was the last. Five minutes. Fifteen, maybe? Yeah, I, maybe not first, even. When we first spotted them, it was about the last 15 minutes. We had to, and they were probably 75 yards away. Coming up the trail right at us. And we're sitting 30 yards off the trail. Yeah, and there's, and so we kind of had to decide, okay, are we going to sit here or, and just hopefully they get here in time for shooting light and it's not too dark by the time they walk by. Or do we need to kind of make a play at them? Yeah. And what ended up happening, I stayed, I we I told Mike, we have to make a play at them. It is going to be, they were moving slow. They were feeding very slow. Um, we, we just have to make a play. So I told him, you know, I had the opportunity at the bowl. It's your turn to go. And I stayed back 
and did the elk and I just kind of did some mews, tried to sound like a few other, um, few other cows in the area. And he kind of snuck down and I tried to get below him. So I had the thermals in my favor and try to get a shot and try to get a shot. And I probably heard me. I mean, I was, when I say I was running, I was sprinting downhill. He sounded like a herd of elk. I sounded like I I had, I knew I had (laughs) Had probably three or four minutes left of life of, of what I would consider good shooting, good shooting light. We probably had, would have had another five minutes, but I ethically, I would never shoot with that. I wouldn't shoot that late into legal shooting time. Um, just because I'm, I, there's no point. I, I, I'm not going to take a shot that I'm not a hundred percent on. Um, so I get down and I kind of, I drew back. I, I, I saw her and I thought she was going to walk right, right in an opening about 45, 50 yards away. And she turned and went straight uphill and never saw, never her. saw her again. Never saw her again. And that was, uh, that was like our, that was our last experience with an with elk on that with trip. Elk on that trip. Yeah. We yeah. ended up, uh, and we're going to touch on this on a probably on a different episode, but we ended up packing up and going home for for reasons. Um, and yeah, that was our that was our real last experience, and and so now it's kind of the planning phase of the planning phase again. Yeah, yeah, we're we're we got some things in the works that we're yeah. gonna we're putting in for a couple of states um, this year. Um, we're going to kind of shoot for the moon on one. Uh, it's uh, everybody has the same equal chance. Um, we're going to shoot for the absolute best unit, 5% draws. Um, see if it happens. If it does, it, great. If not, uh, we'll do Colorado yeah. over the counter. That's kind of our plan is go back maybe the same spot. I mean, we've had good experience there. There's a lot of area there that we wanted to explore, but we didn't because we got on these bulls right away. I'd, okay, right away is maybe not the right term, but we got on them fairly quick. I mean – when you're talking about that trip. So there's definitely some, some other areas in there that we'd, we'd like to try. And, and so we'll see, we'll see what ends up going. And, you know, here's to getting out on in 2021. Here's to drawing in big bull units. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully. And if not, we'll, we'll make do and we'll make something work. Yeah. So the, in the upcoming episodes, we hope to have some people in to talk about ice fishing. Um, I think the next episode, we're going to get two of our buddies in here, uh, Bill and Jordan, um, to kind of do a 2020 year in review. Um, we had a lot of fun things happen to us this year. It was a, it was a tough year for a lot of people. Um, our, my travel, Tim's travel, we both work for a, a, a sales organization. We are normally flying on planes every other week. Um, I was grounded. I never flew after February. Uh, I got back from a couple of trade shows. I have not flown since. I have not flown in 12 months. Yeah. And I, I, again, usually I'm flying quite a bit, but, um, I've flown a little bit more since, since, uh, Mike has, but yeah, it was a, it was an interesting year and we're going to just, we're going to touch on that. Um, like you said, have a couple guests in the studio who I think you guys will have have fun listening to we got some good stories planned we had a lot of cool things happen this year we had a lot of you know there was a few things that um did not go our way did not go our way and we're we're going to touch on those and and have some fun so yeah uh stay tuned there'll be more episodes to come and again like rate review uh leave us a comment either on our instagram post we just put one up um or in the review section if there's a a topic that you'd like us to talk about, leave it on there and we'll definitely cover it. Yep. Uh, follow us. It's at OBH outdoors uh, on Instagram, Twitter uh, and Facebook, Twitter and Facebook. Yep. The All right. Sounds thing. good guys. Have a good one.